0: Grace, mercy, and peace are yours, from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, my fellow believers made rich by the blood of Jesus. A child comes into the world with clenched fists, ready to grab for everything, but a corpse leaves with open palms, and unable to take anything with him. That was a saying that Jewish rabbis used to have. A person is born with nothing, yet wanting everything, but then they can't keep anything and they leave the world with nothing. A more modern religious figure said something similar. You can't take the U-Haul to the cemetery. That one was Billy Graham. But you don't have to work in the world of religious studies to understand the truth that you can't take stuff with you when you die. Country singer George Strait sang, well, you don't bring nothing with you here and you can't take nothing back. I ain't never seen a hearse with a luggage rack. We all get it, right? You you can't take whatever you've earned in this life. You can't take it and bring it to the next life. But yet, so often, we live like you can. Today, our reading is from the book of Ecclesiastes. We hear the words of a wise teacher, and he talks about what it looks like to live. While this teacher never formally states his name, the description laid out about him fits well King Solomon, son of David, one of the wisest and wealthiest people to ever live. Solomon had filled his fists with just about every pleasure you could imagine. And yet, he calls it all meaningless. Everything that he's worked for and strived for is meaningless when it's done apart from God. Instead, Solomon encourages us to find our meaning in something else, in someone else. So let's heed the words of the wise teacher and find our meaning in the true son of David, the savior of the world, Jesus. Let's read from Ecclesiastes. The words of the teacher, son of David, king of Jerusalem. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher, utterly meaningless, meaningless. Everything is meaningless. I, the teacher, was king over Israel in Jerusalem. I applied my mind to study and to explore by wisdom all that is done under the heavens. What a heavy burden God has laid on mankind. I have seen all the things that are done under the sun. All of them are meaningless. A chasing after the wind. I hated all the things I had toiled for under the sun because I must leave them to one who comes after me. And who knows whether that person will be wise or foolish, yet they will have control over all the fruit of my toil into which I have poured my effort and skill under the sun. This too is meaningless. So my heart began to despair over all my toilsome labor under the sun. For a person may labor with wisdom and knowledge and skill, and then they must leave all they own to another who has not toiled for it. This too is meaningless and great misfortune. What do people get for all their toil and anxious striving for which they labor under the sun? All the days of their work is grief and pain. Even at night their minds do not rest. This, too, is meaningless. A person can do nothing better than to eat and drink and find satisfaction in their own toil. This, too, I see, is from the hand of God. For without him, who can eat or find enjoyment? To the person who pleases him, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and happiness, but to the sinner, he gives the task of gathering and storing up wealth to hand it over to the one who pleases God. This too is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. This is God's word. Throughout the year, in our Wednesdays in the Word, our midweek 7 p.m. Bible studies, we studied the book of First Kings. The first 11 chapters of 1st King focus on one man, king of Israel, son of David, Solomon. Solomon was someone who had extraordinary possessions. God famously came to Solomon in a dream and told him to ask for whatever he wanted, and God said he'd give it to him. Solomon famously asked for wisdom, so God gave him both wisdom and wealth. We hear in 1 Kings chapter 10 that Solomon would receive over 600 talents of gold each and every year. I did the math. It's about 50,000 pounds of gold every single year. If you put that into modern currency, it's about $1.25 billion a year. 2 Chronicles says, "...the king made silver and gold as common in Jerusalem as stones." They say money can't buy happiness, but Solomon must have been pretty close. Except that he wasn't. Solomon wasn't happy. Actually, he was quite the opposite. In Ecclesiastes 2.17, he writes, I hated life. In verse 18, he writes, I hated all the things I had toiled for under the sun. And in verse 20, he says, So my heart began to despair over all my toilsome labor under the sun. The net result of all of Solomon's striving and labor was meaningless. Actually, more than just meaningless, it was hateful and harmful. It was hopeless. But thankfully, that's not us. Actually, we're probably more in the opposite position than Solomon. We see prices continue to rise on just about anything, and yet wages haven't risen in nearly a comparable level. But even multi-billionaire Solomon couldn't have even dreamt of some of the luxuries that are in our possession We've got these little boxes that we can stare at that can show what's happening around the world in live time. And we get to work jobs where we sit in a chair in air conditioning from our own houses. And we've got these enormous rectangular devices that can keep food fresh all year long. Maybe we're not quite so far off from the wealth of Solomon after all. And how's your satisfaction level? The wise teacher in Ecclesiastes, he's got a way of getting us to think about what's most important in life, to ask those big questions that often slip to the back of our minds. What is life? What's my purpose in living? How do I understand the human condition? So often we don't think about these questions. We let all of the little pleasures and delights of life get in the way. We allow these things to distract us from what's really important. But even when Solomon sought wisdom, when he did it apart from God, that too was meaningless. All the deep matters of life, all the questions he had, well, they were meaningless when they were done apart from God. But there's another option. We don't have to live life laboring under the sun with the net result being that all our days are grief and pain. We can look to the hand of God for our satisfaction It's God who gives us the little pleasures of life. It's God who brings us happiness and delight here and now. But more than that, it's God who gives us a gift that provides eternal meaning. It's from God's hand that we receive the Son, Jesus, who came to provide eternal and lasting meaning for us. About 950 years after the life of Solomon, Jesus was born. And all the things prophesied about him by the prophet Isaiah came true. Surely he wa- he. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. It was Jesus who was beaten and crushed at the hands of the Romans. It was Jesus who took the punishment of God up on the cross, abandoned by the Father as he suffered what we deserved. And Jesus, after dying on the cross, had his side pierced, a visible showing Proof that he was dead. And it's through those wounds of Jesus that we are healed. We receive peace. We receive lasting meaning because Jesus' death wasn't the end. He came back to life, assuring us that we have a place prepared for us in heaven. Heaven where there is no pain and suffering and laboring under the sun. Heaven where there is eternal joy. As we sit side by side with the son of David, Jesus, our king. I'm sure all of you have heard of the little online book selling store. It's called Amazon. Amazon's founder and former CEO, Jeff Bezos, is one of the richest men to ever live. He's currently the third wealthiest people, one of the third wealthiest people alive at the time. He recently commissioned the building of a $500 million mega yacht. The building is taking place in Rotterdam, in the Netherlands, and it's massive. But there is one hiccup in the plans for this mega yacht. You see this little bay that they're building the yacht in? It connects to the ocean through a small channel. But there's a bridge that goes across the channel, uh, an old bridge, a famous historic bridge. And the people of Rotterdam don't want Jeff Bezos to take it down. Bezos offered to pay for everything, to deconstruct the bridge, to put it back up. And yet the people of the Netherlands said that they would come out and throw as many eggs as they could possibly find at this Maguiat if he took down the bridge. So Rotterdam complied with its citizens. It told Bezos that he would not be allowed to deconstruct this monument. It's kind of comical, sitting where we're sitting, a a third-person perspective on the incident. But the Dutch are very passionate about this. People of the Netherlands, they don't like seeing excessive wealth and extravagance. I was doing some reading, and, and they've got a saying about people who put both butter and cheese on their bread. They call that the devil's sandwich. (laughs) In their minds, someone should be content with either one thing or the other. You shouldn't seek extravagance. There was once another older man who also showed wisdom as he encouraged us to be content. He wrote... For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. It's the writing of the Apostle Paul in 1 Timothy. I wonder if he was thinking about the words of Ecclesiastes as he wrote this portion of his letter. Because it sounds a lot like our sermon text for today. Uh, If we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. In verses 24 and 25 Solomon wrote a person can do nothing better than to eat and drink and find satisfaction in their own toil this too i see is from the hand of god for without him who can find or who can eat or find enjoyment i think those words serve so well for us today be content with your lot in life when we seek extravagance the end result is despair but when we find satisfaction from the good things of life that come from God's hand, we receive joy and happiness. We rejoice in a God who loves us and has provided enough for us. We started our worship service this morning by singing the first verse of hymn 777. Those words are based on Psalm 90, Psalm 90, which Reflects on contentment, which urges us to seek satisfaction in God. Let's take a minute and speak together the words of verse 1 of hymn 777. It's on page 4 of the bulletin. So, verse 1 As morning dawns, dear Savior, my praise and thanks I bring for your rich grace and favor. With songs of joy I sing, though seated on your throne, You still are very near me, with promises to cheer me, your love for me made known. Don't seek meaning in earthly pleasure. Instead, find your meaning in the greater Son of David. Find your meaning in Christ. Amen. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Please stand.